Welcome to the Tainted Dragon Inn. I'm your host, Paul A. DiStefano. This episode will be On the Table, featuring in-game lore and background for the game world played by the characters in the Emergent Campaign series of novels. Audio effects provided by Sirenscape and Black Stiletto. You can find the Tainted Dragon Inn online at our website, tainteddragonin.com, on Instagram, and on Facebook. On this episode, A Barrel of Brandy. South of the Forgotten Watchtower, the road runs towards Crosstown, along the river Shemnal. There are bridges north of the trader village that prevent boats from traveling up towards the base of the waterfall. To cross the river closer to the city, bargemen will ferry you across for a coin. At some points, there are flat rafts that one can grasp a suspended rope line from and pull yourself across. Docks of various owners and tolls dot the river. A two-horse wagon, full of goods bound for crossed town, slows and approaches one of the docks, which has moorings marked with a hollow black diamond, a sign of ownership by the Onyx Guild. It is at this dock you would transport cargo of a less-than-savory nature, and no questions would be asked. There is a lone figure on the dock, leaning casually against the post that holds a single lantern by the water. He is lean, dressed in tight-fitting dark gray wraps and a short cape, a long cascade of black hair running over his shoulders. He strums absent-mindedly at a three-stringed instrument as he watches the wagon approach and slow at the dirt-side end of the dock. You there! calls the rider. You work for Onyx? The musician looks up, the light from the lantern gleaming off of his silver irises. He stops strumming and replies in a voice that betrays his foreign heritage. I have been known to work for them, from time to time, as the job may suit. I've cargo for you, then. The musician carefully lays his instrument on the wood of the dock and heads to the wagon. One barrel, the driver says, handing him a rolled parchment. Three coin. The silver-eyed man smirks. No, one battle, one coin. I think perhaps, the driver grunts, you've misheard me. I have said one barrel, three coin. The knife strikes the wagon below where the driver is seated before he even realizes the weapon was drawn. The horses shuffle uneasily. (laughs) No, I believe it was you who misheard, my good man. I'm fairly sure the agreed-upon price was one barrel, one coin. Do you not know the proprietors of this dock? That symbol there. This is Onyx Guild business. You said it yourself. 
You wouldn't want it known that you were overcharging the Onyx Guild now, would you? The man swallows and looks to the knife sticking from the side of the wagon. No, I would not. Excellent. So good of you to get my point. The man smiles, plucking his knife from the wood. Now would you be so kind as to remove the barrel in question from your waz and place it on the dock? The driver descends from his wagon. I may require a hand here. Whatever it is, it is quite heavy. Is it now? For my services as dockhand, I charge one coin. Well, that's all the money I'm making on this delivery. Is it now? What an odd coincidence. Would you like me to pay you so you might hand the coin back to me? Or shall we just call the nasty money pot done and get on with it? The driver sighs in resignation and shows which barrel they need to remove from the cargo. Oh, this is heavy. The musician agrees, lowering the barrel labeled brandy, although the contents are clearly something solid. You know what's in here? Thought you'd know. I don't ask Onyx business. Smart man, and I never said I didn't know. He holds the barrel at an angle and rolls it part way up the dock as the driver pulls the wagon away before crouching next to it and rapping on its side. Can you breathe in there? A muffled thud is his only reply. He goes to a small crate at the dock's edge and pulls a crowbar to pry the top of the barrel open. Tossing the barrel top aside, he pulls out a thick blanket. Well, that couldn't have been very comfortable at all, could it? He asks, reaching in. He quickly pulls his hand out, peering down, silver eyes reflecting. Did you just try to bite me? You know, I could leave you in the barrel the whole way. While alive was a condition of the bounty, nothing was said about comfort or bruises. Get me out now, Tane. A woman's voice spits from inside the barrel. His eyes narrow. He shakes breeze-blown hair from his eyes. You know my name. How is it that you know my name? Get me out, Tane. She repeats in rising anger. Answer my question. Not until you let me out. You know, he says after thinking a moment and retrieving the barrel top. I don't think I'm really all that curious. Stop! She shouts as he closes the barrel. Stop! Let me out and I'll tell you. No biting? No biting. He shrugs and uses the crowbar to pry the metal binding strap from the barrel. Moments later, the barrel collapses, spilling several blankets and a red-haired woman to the dock. Her hands are bound at the wrist, and she is dressed in simple worker's clothes. I know your name because you get your rapier sharpened by my father, Three. Of course I know Three. He hired us. But how did you know it was me? Are you the girl from the back room? That voice and your silver eyes. You're not human and fairly distinct. 
Inhuman am I? I am forced to agree. I am Choiseku Lani, and I will be taking fairly distinct as a compliment. The only Chaizeku Lani I have ever seen is you. I always try to look when you come in. The strange-eyed handsome man. Of course I know you. You're different. He bows with a grin. Tame dream runner. Warrior. Poet. Lover. At your service. Kidnapper, she adds. He helps her up and stands her back to the lamppost and begins to tie her in place. Actually more of a delivery man. The actual removal from the streets was done by a friend of mine. We find it best to split these tasks. Easier to deny involvement then, don't you think? Although I was under the impression that this was a rescue mission, not actually a kidnapping. What are you doing? You're not wearing a blindfold, are you? I'm tying you to this post. Why? Because a father worried, he answers, brushing her hair from her face and stepping back to look at her after he fastens the rope around her waist. Father doesn't care. Neither should you, she says, turning away to avoid his gaze. While I cannot attest to the first statement, you are correct on the second. I don't care. Although I admit, in fairer times, yours is a face... I would not mind seeing across a candlelit table with wine in hand. Looking at you now, I must say, had I known Three's daughter looked like this, I would have paid more attention to the back room. Has your hair always been this shade of red? Or is this some dye or enchantment? Have your eyes always been silver? Actually, no. Charzekulani, your eyes are always black when born. Not that you would know that, so I forgive your ignorance. Why are you doing this? She winces, her back scraping the docking post as she fights with the binding at her wrists. Don't struggle, you'll hurt yourself. He walks to the end of the dock to look for the ferry. The rope tied to the docking post extends out into the evening fog, used to pull the flat raft across the river. It goes momentarily taut, showing a bargeman is pulling from somewhere in the mists. Why are you doing this, Tane Dream Runner? Because a man asked me to return a runaway daughter. To be his slave in a silversmith's shop. Did he tell you that part? Do I care about that part? Why are you doing this? That man offered an opal the size of a walnut, he smiles. I pay ten coin to my associates for procuring you. To that end, I have bought that opal for a mere ten coin. Then you're nothing but a common mercenary. A rogue. Rather uncommon, I would hope, he frowns. Rogue? I've been called worse by better people, although not so often by one quite so lovely, I grant you. But rogue? I rather like that. You're just selling me into slavery to my own father. Rogue, he smiles, enjoying the word. I ran away in the middle of the night. The one time I found my door was unlocked. Same way my brother escaped. He silently mouths the word rogue, 
swaggers, and sees the first shadow of the ferry being pulled across the river in the distance. You're doing this for money. There's more at stake here. Money? <laughs> oh, I guess it's true what they say. The prettier they are, the duller they are. Haven't you been listening? This isn't about money. This is about an opal. You straw-brained son of a churl! You just... Tain winces. Son of... I believe I preferred rogue. If you're going to be nasty, I'll have to gag you. Nasty? Look at what you're doing. My job. What's that? Imprisoning women? Whatever I am asked. Whatever? For the right price. Then I'll buy my freedom. Tane turns on his heel and walks over to her, brushing auburn hair from her eyes again. I'm listening, sweet flower. I... I haven't much money. He turns away. You waste my time. One hundred crowns! I'm sorry. Can't hear anything that low. Old childhood wound in my ear. Speak up. Two hundred. Opal? Size of a walnut? Did you not minutes ago tell me you had no money? I know how to get some. He smirks and eyes are head to toe, wrists bound, tied to the post, a flurry of red hair across her doll-like face. Yes, I'm quite sure you do. I'm a dancer, you gutter snipe! He picks up his instrument and strums a moment. Are you? So many claim that skill, yet so few possess. Were I to play a season's galliard in summer... Which way would you turn? North to east, toes point, then hips. If I travel with a dancer when I play taverns, it would surely increase my pay. Especially a dancer with your assets. Untie me and I'll show you. He moves to her, strapping the instrument to his back, stopping with his face inches from her. And just what is it you would show me? What do you want to see? He laughs a moment. Perhaps I truly should have paid more attention to the back room. Then you would have seen. I am not fed. Made to clean his shop and his wares. Life is hard, my dear. We must play the game with the cards we are given. Do you? She challenges. You work with the Onyx Guild. Assassins. Thieves! Killers! Do you not cheat the game? I'd rather think I don't cheat. I just make the rules more favorable. If that's what the guild does, I would rather play their game. You know the Onyx Guild's game, do you? We've all heard the stories. My brother used to want to join. Then he ran away to find them. I don't know if he ever did. But I know their game. Then you know. That game is dangerous. I can play dangerous, she says, stepping away from the post where the rope that bound her lies in pieces. She raises her wrists, shaking off the binding there and revealing a straight razor she had been carrying. 
Tane closes his eyes. When he opens them, they are whirlpools of white and not silver. He snaps his finger and points. The binding from her wrists leap from the dock to tie her hands tightly back into place. She drops the razor in surprise. Naughty girl, he says, wagging his finger as he picks up the razor. You've no idea, she snarls, stepping rapidly forward with a smooth dancer's motion and landing her foot harshly under his chin. He takes a single step back, holding his jaw. Why in the world is he paying to get you back? Tane wonders as he pulls his knife. Back to the lamppost, dear. Your hands are quite literally tied. You have no options. What do you want of this? That opal! Can you truly be as deaf as you are pretty? Don't make me tie you tighter. Dinner! What? Dinner! She repeats. The best restaurant you can find. I accompany you. I will pay. Dinner? I can't spend that. And the two hundred crowns. Give me three days. I'll make it three hundred. He bites his lip. Best restaurant. And three hundred crown. The very best. Wine? She tilts her head and smiles coyly. Gallons of it. You'll dance with me. You and none other. Will you tell me of the Onyx Guild if I become your dancer? I'll need work if I'm not at Father's shop. Ah, so you speak of dancing for me as an entertainer as well as with me as a partner. You are quite the schemer, my lady. A befitting escort of an associate in the Guild, then? Tane puffs out his cheeks and closes his eyes as he weighs his options. You perform with me for a month. Perhaps... I can connect you to the guild. The ferry slowly pulls clear of the mist, halfway across the river, pulled by the muscular ferryman yanking the rope. Another man stands on the ferry and peers off, looking ashore. That's your father, Tane explains, knowing her eyes cannot see as clearly as his. She nods. Anything, before he gets here, please... Trust me, you just kicked me in the face after breaking free with a hidden razor, and I'm supposed to trust you. What stops you from running the moment I turn my back? Where would I go? If I go back to Cross Town, Father will only find me again. If I go to Argain, I'm back in his hands. I need to disappear. If I travel with you and dance for pay... I can get away from him. And the kicking in the face part? You can't hold that against me. No more, I promise. Take me with you. I buy dinner. Owe you 300 crown and dance for you for a month. But I get to keep extra that I make us. Us? Tane laughs. Now there's an us. When moments ago you were kicking me in the face. She looks to the ferry and sees he has not lied. Her father is on the boat next to the ferryman. Tane, we don't have time. We? 
I'm not sure where you're getting this us and we thing, my dear. Put the knife away, she asks. Only because you don't frighten me, he says, tucking the blade into his belt. She steps forward suddenly and kisses him quickly. You are Tane Dreamrunner. I have watched you come to my father's shop several times a year, the handsome tall foreigner with silver eyes. I have always watched and wondered what you were like. I followed you to the Tainted Dragon Inn when father sent me to get him a drink. I watched you play. He was so angry when I got home because I watched too long. I wanted to know more about you. Now I know you are a good man and a rogue. And I want to go with you and perform with you and work with you both in music and for the guild. I want to learn more. Take me and teach me. I am coming to you as a damsel in distress. If you are a warrior, poet, and lover, I see you have no option. You appeal to the romantic fool in me, Tane nods, with a heavy emphasis on fool. Do we have a deal? She asks desperately, eyeing the incoming ferry. Deal! Tane spits in his palm and extends his hand, then realizes her hands are still bound. Ow, sorry, he says, as he points, snaps, and her bindings release. He draws his knife and passes it harshly through the rope to the ferry. The ferryman and silversmith three shout as the ferry begins to turn in slow circles on the river. So sorry, my lord, Tane shouts, eyeing his escaped captive as he leads her to his horse on the other side of the road. You've been outbid. We here at Tainted Dragon Inn hope you enjoyed your stay at On the Table. Special thanks to Sirenscape Fantasy Player and Black Stiletto. Tame Dream Runner and other characters feature in the Emergent Campaign novel series as part of the fantasy game that the characters play in. Thank you so much for joining us. Visit us at TaintedDragonIn.com on Facebook and Instagram. This is Paul A. DiStefano. Farewell and fair journeys.